0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. All right, folks, here it is, January of 2024. The world is still homophobic and hating on us and wishing LGBTQ people didn't exist. But we're going to take them to a place that they don't even think that any of us truly exist.
1: Into the world of wrestling.
0: I'm so excited to have this conversation because I have learned so much from watching what I've been seeing from this guest in his new movie. The new movie is called Out in the Ring and it is about the world of wrestling and LGBTQ representation and the tie ins to all this sort of stuff. His name is Rye Levy and he has directed this film and opened my eyes. I'm going to be honest, opened my eyes to wow. I never thought of things in this way. I'm not a wrestling fan, but man, I am now seeing some stuff that I'm like, okay, he got my attention. He helped me see some stuff I hadn't seen. So, Rye, I am so excited to have you here talking about your movie out in the ring. Thanks for
1: being part of my podcast on Life Uncloseted, man. Oh, I'm totally thrilled to be here. I love uh, being able to share the stories of the amazing people I have in my film.
0: Mm. I would venture a guess and maybe I'm this is maybe my own little bias to some degree. I would venture a guess that a lot of LGBTQ people don't even think about this sector of sports entertainment having really any representation. But
1: I think you're here to tell us otherwise, right? Absolutely. It's it's there. Um, and what's been most interesting has been the genesis of the project, you know, from just a germ of an idea in late 2015. Uh, when deciding to make a film to when I started production in 2017, uh, I was having a hard time finding the representation. Uh, mm. It was slowly building and we were slowly finding people. And there were always rumors of wrestlers and certain people. Um, but it, trying to find the representation then was was kind of a difficult thing. But now here we are in 2023 in the film came out uh you know world premiered in June of 2022 at film festivals. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of out wrestlers actively working yeah. uh across uh the major promotions at the top of the uh profession in WWE and AEW uh to uh independents all across the world.
0: And it's something I guess again I I admit it, I'm not I'm not a wrestling fan but and I don't want to give away a whole lot about the film and, and everything that you put together. But when I was watching it, I was like, wow, these parallels are so interesting. Everything from the costumes to the homoerotic stuff that happened. Okay. Any gay man, I'm just going to say most gay men are like, yeah, I, I love to watch this wrestling because you know, the outfits and the you know signals and everything. But you take this to a whole nother level of like, let's really look at this and examine it. And then When you start to have the conversations like, yeah, it's here, it's kind of like country music people, right? Oh, this doesn't exist. And it's like, fuck this people. You think just because you have this that it doesn't exist. And I think sports has always been this way. Like, oh, we, we know it's there, but we don't really want to talk about it. So I'm assuming it's the same thing in the wrestling space. We just want to assume it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, to an extent the industry has always kind of downplayed it. I mean, if you yeah. if you look at the way representation in 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 specifically in in cinema or in, you know, in this case sports entertainment because this is a unique, you know, it's a unique um space because it's right. athletics with theater. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of, you know, predetermined outcomes, choreography, timing, all of those issues there. So, you know, the idea is you try, you know, the, the, the use of LGBTQ representation in pro wrestling, as, as in film, has been, you know, like you use it for villainy. You use it to create what they call heat or anger or to antagonize a segment of people who, you know, feel uncomfortable. Um, the bad guy, you know, this, you know, which is something that they've done with race and xenophobia. Yeah. And many things um, and wrestling, you know, representation was always about using it as something to incite anger, hatred and, you know, to an extent violence. I mean, you're, right. you know, the fans are encouraging you to beat up the quote unquote sissy, right? Um, yep. the effeminate wrestler, the wrestler in makeup and pigtails, you know, the Adrian Streets and Adrian Adonises mm-hmm. of the world. Um, often played mostly played generally played by heterosexual males mm-hmm. um, but for for a joke but it's interesting now because now we have a different place in time and the way people are embracing wrestling is different so the opportunity for representation and for people to just be themselves and just happen to be part of the lgbtqia plus community has changed so you right. know it's not about you know, not everybody is femme. Not everybody's, you know, fey and Wimpy and 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 cowardice, you know. Um, now we've got, you know, big burly men, you know, like Mike Perro, who's six foot four, three twenty. You know, when they ask Mike, you know, um, what do you do in the ring that's gay as a wrestler? He goes, I beat people up and I'm gay. <laughs> you know, that's what I that's what's gay about me. I happen right. to be gay and I'll kick the shit out of you. Right. I mean, and that there's something to be said for that. And that, you know, that idea of, you know, breaking stereotypes. Um, for But
0: you know. as they break the stereotypes, what happens to the fan base? To me, that's got to be one of the things that just really like has got to like intimidate with kind of like what happens in sports. Right. I, I'm going to use American football as a really good example of this. I remember some of the very first, you know, out football players and it was almost like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, is it a similar reaction you see from the fans?
1: Well, I think it's different because they, I, 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 it's hard to explain it. I mean, you know, I mean, you think of people like, obviously, you know, Michael Sam had come out at one point, you know, in, in college ball and then was drafted um you know david copay of course you know um a legend coming out at a point you know after his career of course in, in football um you know well, i think that's a
0: big distinction right there a yeah. lot of this is happening after
1: they came out right? you know with the exception so yeah. you know which is the two parallels you know david copay was out after um, his career Uh, Michael Sam came out at the beginning of his career and we saw how negative that reaction became to the point where he no longer plays football. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I'm not going to say that that's the complete reason why he didn't, you know, he's no longer playing football, but I have to wonder how much of that, um, that reaction played on his mental health and his ability to feel comfortable and continue on. Uh, So you know and that's where wrestling has kind of been different and I think that because there's so much independence in wrestling, I mean you can have things that's a I mean you obviously you have the top companies, you know, they're billion dollar companies like WWE or formerly WWF and now um all elite wrestling which is owned by the you know the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um so You know, I mean, there's two billion dollar wrestling companies in the United States. Um, They have out people. But what's happened is, is that because wrestling has been able to expand their visibility because there are independent promotions that can control the narrative in their own space. And that's allowed more opportunities for out wrestlers to work with groups to create spaces that are safe for LGBTQ fans. And that's where people are now taking the time to go, wow, there is this this queer who's this sporting event that we felt and we haven't had a lot of representation. I mean, with the exception of like women's soccer, right. we haven't really sought a lot of queer representation in a sporting event. And one that's so big, like, you know, and with such a global impact as professional wrestling and. it's been you know that's i think the reason why it's been able to break out in the way that it does uh, because the gatekeepers don't have the same control that they once did in professional sports i mean you have major league baseball and you have the national football league you have these gatekeepers and they're really the only space you can go i mean you know we've seen you know it's interesting because you think of the last time we tried to have a competitor against the nfl it was the xfl coincidentally founded by a pro wrestling guy you know is owned by vince mcmahon it was his project you know right um and he tried to bring it back again and it failed again um and that's the difference is that because wrestling is not a sports league per se in the way that the nfl and there isn't you know and and you know betting on sports you know is such a part of this as well um you know and you know they still try to do betting on wrestling which is so hilarious to me that they even try um you know predict the storyline um yeah, exactly you know it's uh but you know they still try to get in on it but it's different because it is theatrics and it is performance mm-hmm. yeah. and you know in the very best succeed on the highest level and make money and make a big career and the ones that um that don't you know can either continue to work you know independently to still live their dreams but you know and that's where it is is that there's so many different levels of this and wrestling has you know has you know was more like this current state of independent spaces with large companies and it really wasn't until the you know pre-1982 was always the same way There wasn't a national thing. It wasn't a global thing. It wasn't until Vince McMahon bought his father's company and went national and created things at WrestleMania and and expanded WWE and then bought up all the competitors in the smaller what they call territories.
0: So in making the documentary, would you say, and it's always such an interesting thing because people I've had people actually ask me this question. So do you think there's more lesbians than gay men? I'm like, I I don't freaking know. I'm not a researcher. But I'm curious, do you think there's as many women wrestlers that are, uh, you know, lesbians as there are gay wrestlers and nonconforming? I mean, what what's your assessment of the breakdown in the industry?
1: I mean, I don't even think it's, you know, so much I think. You know, there is. I think there's equal numbers of both mm-hmm. uh, people who identify on various levels of the spectrum. I mean, it's such a broad spectrum. you have people who identify as pansexual versus bisexual versus transgender and non-binary, and then gender non-conforming, and right. you know, then you've got the you know the gay male wrestlers and the lesbian wrestlers. So you've got so much representation. I think the difference is is because of the sexualization of just media in general, which is generally, you know, sports is generally consumed by men. Yep. It's e- It's always been easier, I think, in just media in general, for men, because straight men specifically, to accept out women in the space yep. as an acceptable way, In which unfortunately, which the negative side of that being is that the reason they're accepted is because of a sexualization of straight women you know, straight males objectifying women and the idea of, you know, women. I mean, it, it, it happened in, you know, and and that was used in pro wrestling as storylines. Right. I mean, you had a whole angle on WWE in the late 90s, early 2000s called HLA, Hot Lesbian Action. I mean, you just basically threw two women together and you had them make out on TV and you had women rolling around in bra and panty matches. Right. Um, and you know so, and that wasn't done for like, hey, we're thinking about representation. We're titillating a segment of of straight, of straight men, cons- mostly conservative men who are turned on by that. Sure, um, they would never do that same thing with with two with two gay men or two bisexual men. You would never see them have them right. make out on TV. You would never do that because again, the gatekeepers in most sports and professional buildings tend to be straight white dudes who are of a certain age, and they're catering to whatever their fantasies are in a lot of ways. And that's all they think. Because there's no representation at the table in terms of the people Mm -hmm. running the big companies. Um, There's representation within these companies of out people who work on it. Uh, But there's um, but again, there's no active storylines. There's no real discussion around them. I mean, recently we've seen discussions about it with, you know, Anthony Bowens being hit on by a woman. And she says, you and I should go make some babies together. And he says, I don't know if you got kicked in the head by a kangaroo because she's Australian. He goes, but I'm gay, honey. Mm -hmm. And the crowd just started chanting. And this is on national, you know, global TV Right. On on one of the AEW shows. And the whole crowd goes, he, he is gay. He is gay. And that, hmm. to me, I mean, that's pro- that is a form that's of progress. progress. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, you would never have seen that. You would have normally, you know, I mean, at the same time, you know, I look at clips from the 90s of wrestlers wrestling effeminate wrestlers. Or, you know, um, characters that are pretending they are gay or effeminate or gender nonconforming. And they're yelling the word. They're using the, the word faggot. Yeah. Right. And they're using that as a chant to cut to 25, 30 years later, here we are. Right. And now we've got guys cheering them and, and their gimmick with the acclaimed and Anthony Bowens and that is their whole gimmick is scissor me. You mm-hmm. know, he's walking up to a straight man and, and you're going scissor me daddy ass. Oh, and right. it's so weird to also say that 25 years, you know, this is 23 years after that same wrestler was on TV in the WWE as part of a purported gay tag team, Billy and Chuck, when they right. were going to have them go through a wedding ceremony. So that same wrestler, it's twenty five years later, doing the exact same thing he was doing years ago. And now that, but the only difference is, is back then it was written, you know, as a joke, and now it's like there's a gay man in this team, and he can be friends with them, and they can do things like scissoring, and right. and, and and people will buy hands, you know, buy foam hands now with fingers that scissor right. people that's it's it's so interesting right
0: it because it's crazy to see well it is crazy to see but it also almost reveals another side of the truth of humanity and a good friend of mine uh, dr joe court he does a lot of um oh just a lot of stuff instagram videos you know youtube all this stuff and so we're always like talking you know back and forth about stuff we're doing and he truly maintains that, you know, there's a transactional piece to the male sexual drive. Guys will, they just want to get off a lot of times. And, to, you know, for a lot of guys, it's like, if it's a guy or a gal, okay, I'm not going to tell my buddies that, hey, it's okay if I'm doing it with a guy. But there is just that kind of, quote, transactional mentality. And I think a lot of guys kind of live in that transactional mentality like okay well if the wrestlers want to do this then cool you know doesn't necessarily mean they're gay so they can kind of look through that but man you put them in a bar talking to their buddies about this it never would come up would never come up because in there in a certain sense there's something going on i mean it's like (laughs) I'm sure many listeners have seen this on on multiple, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or any of the places that you can see all these fun little videos and Instagram. Like the guys that just love, you know, after a football match or a soccer match, or something, they're like just they love grabbing each other's ass. They love like you know thumping each other's chest, grabbing each other by the balls, h- hugging and kissing. I'm like, it's just what guys do. Yet, oh my God, they're so homo. Are they or is this just another expression of being human? And I wish we could just drop all this bullshit about, oh, my gosh, that makes gay or whatever. Sometimes it's just it's just about being human. And, hey, this is the emotion that took over and and helped me feel what I wanted to feel. So what do you feel like other than the stuff you've already talked about and discovered as you put the film together? Was there anything you discovered as you, you know, brought the documentary to life? That you were really surprised by
1: i think it was just on i think i was just so fascinated by the hidden history mm. you know the, the number of people who you know weren't necessarily out but were hiding in plain sight that people knew behind the scenes and then you know the fact that you know there were out there was an out wrestler actively working Across the United States, America and Canada, North America, Chris Colt in the 1970s, along at the same time that Pat Patterson was working for the WWF at the time mm. uh, and hiding in plain sight. You know, they knew he was gay. Oh. They knew his partner if he were close to them, but it was never mentioned publicly and he never mentioned it. And You know, he was. You know, a man, you know, like many people of a certain age didn't want to, didn't bring it up. You know, you didn't refer to your partner as your partner or your boyfriend or your husband. You would say it was your friend or, you know, my, you know, my roommate or, you know, it were, you, know you know, the the typical codes. But at the same time, you have, rest, you know, to discover the world of somebody like Chris Colt, who had a, whose tag team partner was his lover, um, that was an out gay man actively working um in you know not obviously at you know at the level of the highest companies or the biggest companies in the world but regularly wrestling um around the world um through the 1970s and 80s um that to me was fascinating uh to discover so many other women so many of these amazing women like women in my film like Tech Screen, to find out you know the amount you know their stories of you know wrestling um and befriending you know people and and just there are you know the the level of acceptance in a lot mm-hmm. of ways that i don't think i expected to find from some of them yeah. you know at the same time that accept you know at the time, at the same time that acceptance there you know outside of that space was the was was still the, was was a was a majority of home was, was a major issue of homophobia it was still there um so i mean there was still a need for many of them to feel like they hit um, despite behind the scenes and maybe their colleagues accepting them and and that's you know that for me was far more interesting was you know that there was this kind of you know behind the scenes this kind of acceptance but not um you know an industry-wide acceptance uh, and and you know and how much and also how deep you know depending on how deep that acceptance goes i mean is it is it just tall? Is it tolerance or is it real acceptance? Mm. And I think that that's where, you know, we're you know, to follow the kind of the arc in my film to today where we are seeing more more acceptance, but we're also seeing, you know, an increase in the level of of vitriol and hatred and violence and and reaction. um, you know, and I and and that's changed that's changed since I finished the film even it's gotten much more hostile even since you know, completion of the film and when we you know it you know and it, it it's it's you know i mean and the, and the truth is is that I, I mean i mean i don't know if everybody agrees with but i certainly think that you know when things are about to make a big shift again the level of vitriol and hatred and anger increases on the side of those against us because right. they know they're losing right. and when you're desperate And you're desperate, and you know, you're losing and you're just clinging. You fight back as hard and dirty as you can.
0: Right. Well, we see that
1: happening all over the all over the planet right now. And that's happening in wrestling as well right now. I mean, you know, there you know, there's you know, I've been dealing with it, you know, as this film is getting out there in press is to start seeing the number of people that are already telling to talking to some of the wrestling people and saying, why do we have to talk about these people? why do we have to talk why does it matter that we're gay why does who cares about wh- who you sleep with and I'm, and and what they neglect to realize is that i don't care who you sleep with but you i sure do seem care, to care about, who i sleep with yeah but i also do care about who i am and being able to live my truth and love the people that i love yeah and i shouldn't have to hide that you 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 know they can tell me all they want that oh well i don't parade my heterosexuality well you don't have to and neither do we you know, I mean, we don't really have to either, um. But we shouldn't. It's not parading in that way. We yes, we have a parade mm-hmm. for pride and celebration of who we are as a people. But the truth is, is that we just want to be able to be able to love who we love, and and just the ability to live out your truth, is is what the whole thing is. I mean, that's exactly what this is. It's just about being able to live in your truth. And this is what I loved about these wrestlers is that they all universally pretty much said that their ability to live in the skin that they're comfortable in and live the truth that they have has made them better athletes. It's made them better performers. it's made them better friends. it's made their them better family members mm-hmm. But you know it's interesting and I
0: I don't I can't remember who this gal is, but there's a video making the rounds on all the little social media where mm-hmm. she, she's like, she's definitely a media news media person. And she really gets up on her soapbox. Like, you know, I really don't care that you want to be a Christian. In fact, I don't care. And she goes into this whole deep dive drive about your little, you know, fantasy book that you want to read and not, I, I don't really care, but I also want you to be able to do that because that's what I want for you but what I don't want you to be able to do is tell me that's what I have to do for me, because that's at the core of all of this. Fine. You don't want to, you don't want to talk about a gay wrestler. Or you don't want to have anything to do with a gay wrestler. Then that's your right. Don't go do that. Right. That's up to you, but don't make the rest of the world feel like, Oh, we can't do this. And I, and I've seen this over the years, right? Because I've interviewed numerous country music people who have been in the closet and finally came out and same thing happened there. All we have to do is look at, you know, the whole movie industry every you know back to the days of you name it rock hudson and liberarchies and all those people um you just you see the hidden and as you said that like it's hiding in plain sight but it's happening here and so i think this is the evolution of us all coming into our truth and into our honesty about this is just the fabric of the planet no. we just need to finally once in all for all embraces now our other arguments would be that, well, then does that give us right to embrace somebody who's racist? Does that get... I wouldn't argue to that depth. I wouldn't go that route. Well, but that's a chosen I... behavior versus. Yeah,
1: that's a yeah. Racism is a chosen behavior. This is not something that is a choice. Um we the only the only thing we choose is how is as is, is one of my wrestlers raza clark says in the film the only person who gets to decide who you are and when you come out and how you are um, and who you are is yourself and that in itself is a choice of how you choose to represent yourself and how you choose to live and how you choose to be out and if that means you choose to stay in the closet because you don't feel comfortable that's still a choice you make Sure. um you don't choose to be the person you are you know were born to be regardless of who you what your, your your sexual orientation or gender identity or representation is um the only thing you get to choose is when how when and how you do this and and I think that that is something that's always drawn to me as a filmmaker and when even in my own, process of you know develop you know going out of years in the film industry and you know always wanting to have been a filmmaker was deciding did i want to be known as just a queer filmmaker or right. a queer filmmaker was i comfortable enough and for a while i didn't know if i was comfortable enough to have did i want to just be known as that and it took a while and i and i i talked to my friends who were first nations filmmakers indigenous filmmakers black filmmakers female filmmakers i just want to be known as a filmmaker
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I totally respect that. But yeah, that being the, I think that's all but, any of
0: us want. But I'm to be known still, for who we
1: are. But I also still wear the badges. I identify as a queer filmmaker as well. That is part of my identity. Yep. I want to be respected as a filmmaker overall, but I also hold it very close to my heart that I am a queer filmmaker because one of the things that I didn't have as a kid watching wrestling and many wrestlers say is I didn't see myself represented. People of color say this all the time. I didn't see myself represented on screen. And when you don't see yourself represented on screen, or if you do, if the representation you see is problematic, you're not going to come out. You're not going to feel safe and you're not going to feel comfortable. So my goal as a filmmaker was to explore areas where I, I know, I know for a fact that there are people everywhere in this world who are part of our community and they are mm-hmm. part of these places. And my goal is to uncover hidden histories and show people that in spaces that they've not felt welcome, that there is places to be there. There are people there who are part of this community and the more and more We show representation and there are more places at the table. More and more kids are going to come out. That 15 year old kid is going to say to himself the same thing. My newest film um, that I'm just shooting right now is about openly gay Christian music artists who came out of the closet and today's contemporary queer Christian music artists. And in those spaces as well, you know, my friend, uh, you know, a friend of mine, Flamey Grant, who is a drag queen Christian music artist. We had a number one hit on um, the contemporary Christian music charts, got that number one chart spot because a mega preacher who's a former who's a musician and a, a worship leader and an infamous one in that he was the one that was doing the uh, unmasked services said that her collaboration with another Christian music artist was going to be the end of times. So she mm-hmm. took that video and spun that out and it rallied the community behind her and ended up with the number one song in the contemporary Christian music charts on iTunes. It was a huge deal for that. And it was only for a day, but it was a moment where it broke through. And one of the things we saw was, and then again, these preachers start bringing up these people's names and they start saying that we don't matter. And they are the best advertisers for people within the communities and for people fighting for the rights every time they go out of their way to bash us and fight us they're not smart enough to realize that what they've just done is they've given you my name Mm -hmm. you're standing on a pulpit screaming to five thousand people they're going to go to my website they're going to give me a click that's going tri- tr- that's going to trigger somebody else and what they also don't realize is that 15 year old who's terrified to tell somebody in their life that they're they're they're, they're gay or that they have yep. a gay friend or that person is there, you've just given them a lifeline because you've presented them a way to find somebody that they've seen. So in your hatred yep. you have done without thinking about it, something very good so they're all too dumb to realize and they just kept their mouth shut and they just didn't you know and this is what i tell everybody in fighting these people i mean we have to speak out against them when they're doing terrible things but the more we mute them the, the the more angry they become the more ridiculous they become the more ludicrous they become And they just get desperate. You know, this is where we get. This is why we, you know, you know, let Marjorie Taylor Greene spout off all she wants. And the more and more stupid we the more and more we give her an opportunity to say stupid shit, the more and more people we see, even from the right on the conservative side, going, this woman's nuts. Yeah. And this is what happens.
0: Yep. Yep. And it is what happens. And it's I love that you draw that parallel to they don't get what they're doing. I said this in another podcast not long ago. It's like, if you really want to like stop, quote, what you think is so horrible, then let people like me, let a kid who's 13, 14, whatever age they are, be themselves. Because guess what? If you push that kid, man or woman, trans or not, whatever it is, you push them back at some point down the road, they'll be a Rick. And they'll come out of the closet at 36 years old after getting married to a woman, doing the heteronormative, having a couple of kids. And then guess what? It's an even bigger explosion. And then they're the bad person because, oh, why did you do that? I can't tell you how many times, Roy, I've been told, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that to her. I'm like, I tried not to, but no, society said this is what I'm supposed to be. This is how, and I was shamed by church bullshit into it. And then I'm the bad guy because, well, why couldn't you just live your life? Well, because nobody would let me just live my life. I was told and I was going to go to hell. Who was,
1: who, who was my example? Exactly. Who did I see that was making it work, you know, that was there? And, you know, you know, for those people who took those chances and stepped forward and led the way, you know, thank you. Because yep. you're the only thing I had. And when Pollo Del Mar says in my film, you know, whether. You know, the only representation that they saw was was people playing what they thought were stereotypes of gay people. And when you're hungry and you're desperate for representation, you will eat that up. Yeah, you will. You will. You will cling to whatever it is. And I can look back in retrospect now and say that I clung to, you know, images of, you know, of the 80s pop new wave pop scene. Um, that I mean, I saw, you know, a Rip Rogers wrestling in pink tights and pigtails that I can look back and go, wow, it was there. I did see all these examples. But I mm-hmm. still remember being scared even in the early 90s as I was coming to terms with things. I remember going to see Antonia Byrd's film Priest at mm-hmm. the movie theater and going on my own and knowing, knowing it was an independent film and knowing I love cinema and not even just wanting to go see anything that was independent. And without even thinking about it, I just went to see Priest because I'd heard it played Tiff. And then I got there and I went, mm. oh, I didn't even really know what it was. I just knew it was an independent film. It's going. And I went. And as I was leaving, I walked out and there was a teacher from my school who was going to see Priest. And he looked at me and I looked at him and we both kind of didn't say anything. And we just kind of nodded. And that was the only relationship we had. But it was so important to just see that in that moment. I was so scared like, oh, no, I've just come to see a gay movie and I didn't even realize I was going to see it. And then to see a teacher, a person of power and representation in a space, it's like I suddenly didn't feel unsafe. Mm. And it was in that moment that I realized the ability to see somebody in your space who represents who you are is that one every for everyone, every. Every time we see one more person, it makes this world that much safer for the next generation. Yep. And that's in wrestling, too. And that's why all of these wrestlers have come out. And we've seen these people come together. And, you know, and that's why when people like Effie are doing independent events like Big Gay Brunch and they're selling out a thousand seats. You know, Effie is in a is in a company called Game Changer Wrestling that's mm-hmm. known for death matches and violence and chair shots and hyper aggressive violence. And Effie comes out to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road in fishnets and a pink leather jacket and flamboyance and is doing spots where, you know, uh, you know, where he kisses other men in the ring uh, to kind of intimidate them. And, that. and he comes out and they did a show at the Hammerstein Ballroom and 2,500 people broke into singing that song. And the most over wrestler in that company, other than the guy Who's the king of their death matches, Nick Gage, is is Effie. Hmm. And that's the and that an out gay man and that a pansexual woman and a trans Iranian woman are three of the biggest stars in that company. And wow. they're not they're not biggest. And they're not just wrestling only other gay people or other right. trans people or other women. They're wrestling men. They're wrestling women. They're wrestling, you know, any number of them. They're wrestling death matches. They're doing things that they were told they weren't allowed to do, and you know there's certain types of wrestling that people don't like. They don't find they find this too violent. They don't like that, but they're breaking the stereotype within wrestling. And if it wasn't for those people and the people before them that came, and who are who are there now, um, then we wouldn't do that. And I think what's exciting is my I would I hope without in the ring is that fans will take a look at the stories which are universal stories of struggle and finding a place to belong and wanting to succeed in the things at the things you dream about and love. And when you do, and, and I'm hoping that for that person who maybe never was interested in wrestling, didn't find, didn't find it appealing because either they just were bored by it or they didn't think there was anything that there was nothing for them in it. Well, maybe turn on an independent wrestling show. Maybe you know find out that Effie exists and see that you know there's a gay wrestler. Um, that you know that Sunny Kiss is on TV and here's a trans femme, African American person who is doing splits and you know is is beautiful and flamboyant and wonderful. Um, or that strong, powerful out women are you know wrestling men and women and wrestling who they are and that there's a trans Persian woman. And that there's non-binary people like Maxi and Paler and NWA. You know, all of this is, you know, wrestling is a microcosm for a larger world. And it's actually a far more more queer space. Because if you get back to what we talked about in terms of the comparison between ball culture and drag and the flamboyance and leather culture and all of those things is all in wrestling. And it's, you're not going to find that in any other sports entity because it's not just sports. It's yep. sports and theater, and which is something that gays and the queer community at large have always embraced, is theater. I mean, we go to Broadway. We go to plays. We love costumes. We love drag. And wrestling is just that, except it's bringing this hyper-masculine or hyper-feminine component into the space as well, and you're meeting both. So it's this real interesting kind of fusion of theater yeah. and queerness when when done right can have a you know a queerness and all of these wonderful things
0: but it again it kind of comes back to this and I love that that you use this fusion word because it's a, a fusing fusion of all of this exists everywhere people you cannot say Oh, it doesn't exist in this area or it doesn't exist in this area. It doesn't exist in the medical community. It doesn't exist in in the church. I mean, it's just like these antiquated thoughts that this does not exist. It's existed for thousands of years, people. It's just yeah. where it's existed and how hidden it's been. That has always been
1: the thing. And, and I what think- we need to do is try to bring that to light. And that's what I would do with the wrestling film. It's what I hope to do with other stories is I think the more and more we explore spaces where people say uh, we don't know where we are, um, the more and more, opportun- more and more places that we expose that there's people there, then this world becomes a less, less isolating, unwelcome place.
0: That's a good, such a good statement right there, man. Because what I believe similar to what you just said is if we make room at the table and we continue to make room at the table, and we continue to make room at the table all of this stuff that is so feared there's no room at the table for it any longer yeah it's just an acceptance
1: of this is who we are
0: and what we also you know
1: and and there's another addendum to this is that in those spaces where they won't make room for the table at the table we take our space at the table when we do when we can you know if that you know for you know, going to an awards ceremony, you know, in 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 Nashville, like I did with Flamey Grant, to go to the Gay Christian Music Awards. Well, we bought tickets. Why did we buy yeah. tickets? Did we kind of stand outside with a rainbow flag? Did we do this? Do we have protest signs? No, we were protesting by just our mere presence. Yeah. And we need to be willing to say, you know, if they're not going to, oh, we're, if we'll find a way to take our place at the table, we will, we will make our space and we will control our space. It might only be this little tiny bit of it, but we're making space. And yep. the next person sees another person and another person and another person and another person. And wrestling was like that. Once you started seeing people like, you know, once I found, you know, once I found, um, you know, once Pat Patterson was coming out and I found other gay wrestlers and then Fred Rosser came out in WWE and then Mike perro came out, Charlie Morgan came out. And then we heard about Effie and then I met another out wrestler, and then somebody told me about an out wrestling show. It became just it became spiraling because mm-hmm. it, it was now it's like, well, if Effie can do it, I can do it, too. There must be more other. There must be other people. And then there was yep. this person and that person. And then it became an idea of, wow, I want to wrestle on that one. And how can you... And then Effie would make an appearance in, as himself in a space where he hadn't been. It was like, wow, now there's a gay guy I can cheer for. Now there's a lesbian I can cheer for. Now there's Sonny Kiss, who's this trans femme person, um, whose journey we've had to watch from being just identifying as a femme, black, queer man, gay man, to... Her living her truth as her trans femme identity and and being out there and working in the space and being so incredibly popular. I mean, there are those who will always say that, oh, you know, this, oh, oh, who cares about that? Who doesn't? Well, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you don't want to see it doesn't mean you can ignore us. And that's what's not
0: just, but this is the same thing like, just because you don't want to have an abortion doesn't mean you can tell everybody else they can't have an abortion. Then don't have an abortion. If you don't want to get married to somebody who's gay or have a gay marriage, then don't have have a gay a gay gay marriage. It's very simple. Just because somebody wants to, you know, have an open relationship and you don't agree with that doesn't mean you can tell somebody else not to have an open relationship. Let people be people within reason i don't i yeah, don't so agree obviously with like
1: criminal criminal yeah, and, and, know, and criminal all that, elements yeah. and things are you know we you know we differentiate that and i think again any rational human being you know, but they always correlate that stuff whenever they're losing you know that's how they, right. they get around it right is they scare you know fear tactics um yeah. the let but again the more visibility the less scared you are of you no know, they're scared of the unknown they're scared of knowing somebody
0: well and, and they're scared that something about that well it's. I agree with you, 100% right. And there's something about if I do this, something's going to happen to me. One of and the biggest then, things is if I allow this, if I condone this, then I'm not going to get my little badge to heaven. Well, if that's what you're buying into, I, I we need
1: to have a whole different conversation. Yeah, I don't. And believe. you are welcome to believe how you want to believe. Uh, yep. and, and, that, and I, I, and that is you know, and that's, you know, an inherent right. That's why I, 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 I wholeheartedly defend somebody's right to religious belief. I agree. Um, within reason. I mean, obviously, you know, but again, don't force me to follow necessarily follow the path, you know, your yep. path to whatever you believe, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not forcing it on anybody and you are just providing somebody an opportunity to live the life they are, then right. we're good. Yeah, We're good. And, you know, but that's the thing is,
0: is realizing we can be good doesn't mean we have to agree we can be good, but we don't have to agree. We don't have to 100 percent all be playing on the same freaking page. Absolutely. Provided, provided. And I always say this, provided what you're doing is not harming and hurting someone else. Absolutely. Right now, everything that's happening is harming and hurting someone else.
1: And it's all about that. It's all about indoctrination and violence. And, and, and a, in one path and one right, one righteous thing. I sat in a Christian music award show where they were celebrating music and it was like, wow, look at the diversity and the, the color and the colors in these people. And in midway through the show became a Christian nationalist speech Mm -hmm. and it just changed everything. And this still appears on shows. Like, I mean, we still see people at wrestling shows. I mean, and that's, you know, again, you know, if you go to certain communities where yep. in in the in the south or where it's very red and very religious, you know, we have wrestlers in the film we talk about being black in Atlanta, Georgia. And there's yep. certain places they go that they're the villain because they're black still. Yep. You yep. know, and then if they're black and gay, whoa. Boy. Oh, that's a whole nother that's yeah. that's that's adding a whole nother wrinkle to the problem uh for them. But you know, but that's where out in the ring is able to shine a light on a space where again. You haven't seen us here before. And if you weren't looking, if you're not looking and and you wouldn't look at wrestling, I don't expect people to want to have necessarily looked at it. It's like, I don't like wrestling. I get it. Where did you see yourself represented in this? Why didn't you like it? Have you ever seen it? Well, no, I didn't think it was for me. Well, guess what? I can show you five or six wrestling shows and introduce you to two dozen wrestlers in my film that you're going to see yourself in. And you're going to potentially find it entertaining. And I take people there and they go and watch the shows and they end up having a fun time and they go back. Mm -hmm. And now they're wrestling fans. And they weren't necessarily wrestling fans. Yeah.
0: Such an interesting, enlightening conversation here, Ryan. Where can people, if they want to see the film, they want to tap into this to see your brilliance, where is a good place for people to tap into it?
1: Well, you can visit our website at outinthering.com. And we uh, are we, we are av- will be available on Fuse Plus, uh, mm-hmm. on the Fuse Television Network on their app, and um, you can also check your listings for when Fuse TV is running the film uh, in uh, here um, from uh, in in 2024. And uh, you know, and again, it's it'll be on demand. Uh, and then uh, keep you know, and and if you follow our newsletter and our website and our social media at Out in the Ring on uh, X Twitter. And Out in the Ring doc on Instagram, you'll find out more updates about uh, when it'll be available to purchase. Awesome. And when the people and uh, we'll have a whole lot of different things. And, uh, you know, just look up, you know, Google, uh, Google gay wrestlers and LGBTQ wrestlers and um, and, you know, look up some of the names on our website. And when you see the film, make sure to take down the names. We have a credit roll at the end of the film that has about a, at least 100 out wrestlers. And that's just touching on the initial ones of them. And you will find somebody there that you can connect with, um, whether that's somebody you find attractive or maybe somebody that just represents who you are as a person, whether you're if you're a closeted person and you're looking for somebody who looks like you or resembles something you are or is is representative of your maybe your um, your trans representation or non-binary representation um you'll quickly find you know you'll you'll be able to find something there and who knows maybe we make a new wrestling time but at the very least even if you don't like wrestling to hear the stories of people thriving and inspiring and living in their truth are things that we all need and get strength from
0: well, i love it brian i so appreciate you being part of the life on closet as we kick off the new year and share even more and more stories about lgbtq gender nonconforming, conforming non-binary finding ourselves in the world, being who we're meant to be and going up against those forces that are like, you don't deserve to be here because guess what? We're here, we're queer and we're everywhere. So thanks so much, Rai, for being a great guest and talking about your story in the film. I so appreciate you, buddy. Thank you very much.
1: Really appreciate it.
0: Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us